Today's episode is sponsored by the Silva Ultramind System, which is a highly optimized framework for awakening your mind's fullest potential by giving you a reliable access to altered states of mind that's based on the Silva Method, a pioneering mind empowerment methodology founded in 1960. Basically, it's a long way of saying it's a meditation style that I started using recently, and it has changed my life. It's more of an active type of meditation. So it's not any of that, like, clear your mind stuff, get super quiet. It's more of an active, like, doing something with your mind, you're actively thinking. And I can say I've seen measurable difference in my life since implementing it. They also have a super easy to use app. So you can use it on any smart device that you want. So if you're interested, you can head on over to our show notes and look at the Silva Ultramind system link that we have there. Now let's get on with today's episode. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Gay Men Going Deeper, a podcast series by the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we talk about all things personal development, sexuality, and mental health. Your hosts today are Michael DiOrio, Matt Lanzadell, and myself, Callan Brecken. And collectively, we have over 40 years of experience in the personal development world. And if this is your first time listening to us, we want to welcome you. We each have our own coaching practice, but here in this podcast, we are always giving away our best stuff. So today, we are going to be continuing on with kind of the loneliness journey that we've been going on. But today, we're going to be unpacking more of Uh, loneliness versus belonging and what that difference is between being alone or not belonging loneliness versus being alone and what that difference is Um, so being alone what that means and then loneliness and kind of solitude and enjoying that versus that feeling of loneliness because we already did the podcast recently about all about loneliness so this is kind of a different uh, point of view of that of like more enjoying being alone and kind of solitude and taking time for yourself and the positives that can really come from that. Um, So we're going to be exploring questions like, how can you tell the difference when you're experiencing when you're experiencing loneliness versus being alone? Uh, What connections do you see between introverted and extrovertedness and loneliness and being alone? Because I think that there's definitely some overlaps there. Uh, And then when you feel yourself slipping away from just being alone and enjoying that and slipping into those feelings of loneliness, how do you adjust course? And what are your kind of trigger points that you know, oh, I'm I'm moving away from that, enjoying being alone into that loneliness vibe. Uh, Now we'll continue these discussions on the last Thursday of every month inside the Gay Men's Brotherhood group Zoom Hangouts, where you'll have your chance to share your own experiences. And that's on the last Thursday of the month. This podcast and YouTube channel are listener and viewer supported. So if you enjoy what we are creating for you and you want to support us, you can head on over to our Patreon and you can contribute over there. Or you can also subscribe to the early access option if you're listening on Apple podcasts uh, and you can get ads free and gain early access to new episodes all your support helps us to continue making content for you and supporting our community and we thank you in advance also be sure to check out our new attachment style quiz in the show notes to find out what attachment style you have and to get your free report on it because i know that in our last episode altogether matt definitely talked a lot about that and what his style is so if you're curious you can go into the show notes and get that now before we jump into today's episode i want to read a review from a listener that we got so this comes from barnacle boy 2020 (laughs) thanks barnacle boy um and the title of it is this podcast is a true gem and a gift 
So Barnacle Boy writes, this podcast is seriously getting me by. I have been in therapy for three years and just started working with a queer identified therapist. This work has brought up so much more than my previous therapy did. And as a gay man who considers themselves to be highly sensitive and spiritual, this podcast shows me again and again that I am not alone, which is perfect for the episode we're talking about today. Uh, it really is some chicken soup for the gay soul. <laughs> Thank you all for the work and thought that goes into each episode. Oh, well, thank you so much, Barnacle Boy. Uh, that's a great, <laughs> great, great review, especially for today talking about loneliness, because that's kind of why we do this is we started this podcast and this group because we wanted to kind of create that community that we didn't get that we didn't experience or that we didn't see maybe there was like little pockets of it but there wasn't like a larger group that actually came together and said yeah we talk about these topics we talk about spirituality we talk about therapy we talk about these emotions that usually we don't get to talk about inside of the community so thank you very much for that now on to today's episode. So we are talking about loneliness versus being alone and kind of what the difference is between these. And so I'm not going to dive too much into it because I think through answering the questions, we're really going to be able to unpack it today because I would describe usually the difference between loneliness and being alone. But instead of describing it, I'm going to let my co-host unpack it with me. So who would like to start off today's adventure and share how they can tell the difference between um, experiencing loneliness versus being alone? I think Michael went first last time. So Matt, do you want to go first this sure. time? Cool. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. The first thing that came up is it's almost like there's a feeling inside of me of happiness when I'm, when I'm meant to be alone or have solitude. Like I'll give you an example. I went on a date this weekend on Friday, I believe, and I was enjoying myself and, um, and it was great. Uh, but there was this feeling inside of me that I just wanted to get home and I wanted to smoke a little bit of weed, do a little bit of dancing. <laughs> usually on Friday nights, that's what I'll do. That. It's like, it's date night with Matt. That's usually what my Friday nights are. Um, and I'll, like I will, I'll smoke a bit of weed, I'll get really embodied and I will put on some good music and I'll dance and um, I'll just really connect into my body and I'll release my week. My weeks are heavy. I'm working with people's emotions all week long. And I think it's really important for me to have a practice where I can just discharge and connect into me, bring my energy back to myself. And that's really good for Friday because then my weekend is set up and I'm really embodied and I'm connected to myself. So Anyway, well, I, in the back of my mind on this date, I was like, oh, I just really want to be at home and I want to, you know, so I kind of was like alluding, like, you know, afterwards I'm going to just go home and I kind of set that tone. Like I wasn't looking for, um, to prolong the evening into anything more. And I think he was kind of feeling that same energy too, which was good. Um, so I guess for me, the motivation it's when it's, when it's solitude, it's motivated by, um, joy and happiness and contentment. And when it's not, when it's loneliness, it's almost a desperation. And I think the desperation is to get away from it. First of all, that's the desperation, like get me far away from this feeling because it's it's so painful and yucky. Um, but then I also show up in more desperate ways when I'm feeling loneliness, uh, especially when it's like, um, 
if there's an element of intimacy, like I'm really craving connection or intimacy and that can show up in sexual, but it can also show up in sensual. And I think I'm a little bit more impulsive when I'm like that. Um, and I'm, it comes from that place of desperation to alleviate something as opposed to sit with it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with either. I think it's important that we are just, or that I am more clear as to the intention behind it. Am I going down the road of alleviating my loneliness or am I going to go down the road of being with my loneliness? That's, you know, choose your own adventure. They're both, they're both beautiful adventures, but again, I want to always be clear about my intention around why I'm, um, I'm doing that. So yeah, reaching outside for myself, reaching outside of myself is that desperate energy and wanting to be with myself is the, the, the energy of solitude. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Very clear. Very clear. I like that. <laughs> um, Michael, what about you and your experiences? Yeah, that's great. Very similar. I would say the short answer, if I had one word, would be the feeling, how it feels. Um, so I like to use the word solitude as like a, a nice thing, like it's a good thing. And then loneliness is sort of the, the more negative one. Um, for me, solitude feels expansive. It feels good. Uh, loneliness feels more contracting, feels more sad. So loneliness is a feeling like we, we've talked about and and loneliness, loneliness can occur in situations where I'm alone or when I'm not alone. In fact, some of my loneliest moments, some of my loneliest times have been in a nightclub surrounded by people, hundreds of people. I've been in a nightclub and felt incredibly alone. I have felt alone lying naked beside a lover, uh, like in, in his arms and still felt incredibly alone. So yeah, I could feel alone when I'm with people. Now, solitude or being alone, the actual physical act of being alone, for me, again, has positive feelings, positive connotations for me. I love being in my own company. Um, I love having time alone with my thoughts and my feelings and just letting myself listen to myself and be with myself. Um, I know it sounds egotistical, but like I am my own favorite company. Uh, it's, it's cliche, but it's super true. Like I have, I, I make myself laugh. I will be laughing to myself because I, I just think something funny. Uh, I have wonderful debates in my head. <laughs> I have deep lining of questioning. I'm a very curious person. My, my inner world is very deep, very creative, very rich and wonderful. So for me, anytime I get to have that obviously don't get to enjoy that so much when I'm with people because I'm focused on them but when I'm with myself I get to really dive into that and explore that so I really enjoy it now over time if I'm alone for too often it, it is possible that I will feel lonely and and that's that's okay I think we're going to talk about that here but the short answer is yeah the, the feeling of how it feels is is my telltale answer whether I'm being alone or feeling lonely Mm -hmm. yeah. nice yeah i like that thank you um similar answer here obviously because i love being alone um i just i love being alone when i want to when i'm choosing to be alone i really value that time i value my alone time um i value being able to do the things i want in that space when i'm alone and i can tell the difference um, when I'm slipping into that loneliness is when I want to get distracted or I feel that longingness. So it's the same. It's the feeling of like, am I feeling desperate? And am I feeling 
anxiety about this experience or am I enjoying this experience? And, you know, a difference will be like, oh, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm watching something on TV and I'm enjoying it. I don't even bother looking at my phone. Like I have no care to engage with it. That's when I know I'm enjoying my own alone time. But it's when I'm sitting on the couch and then I'm also frantically scrolling that I'm like, huh, huh. like that's how I know that's the loneliness vibes as opposed to the enjoying being alone vibes. Um, and I think that when I let my brain sit on idle too long, um, I enjoy the conversations I have with myself and being alone. But when I let it sit for too long and idle on things that aren't productive or, you know, we had we experienced this whole pandemic during the pandemic, people were forced to kind of be alone. And in that we are social creatures. And so we didn't get that bouncing off energy of other people and kind of that distraction of it. And so the mind can do some crazy things when you let it be alone for too long. So it's like, it's that balancing act of like, I really enjoy being alone, but I need to remember that it's also very good to be with other people and to experience that. And so, you know, having answered this question pretty cohesively all about, you know, the same what being alone is versus the experience of um, loneliness is I want to move into the next question of what connections do you see between introvertedness and extrovertedness and loneliness and being alone? Because I wanted to talk about this in the first answer, but I was like, no, we're going to be answering this in the second one. <laughs> so so um, this one's probably going to be elaborated on a lot more because I have a lot more to say about this. But let's start off with you, Matt. Okay. Um, so introversion um, and extroversion. So I would describe myself as um, more introverted, but I guess I would be ambivert because an ambivert is somebody that experiences both introversion and extroversion, but they off, they all would often say it's more of like a split, like you're kind of half and half. So I would say I'm definitely more on the introvert spectrum. Um, so for me, I am more drained by people. Uh, like I said, in the previous, um, episode on loneliness, I more drained by people. Um, whereas extroverts tend to be more fueled by, pe by people, they get, you know, energy from being around people. Um, and I think for me, everything would be dependent on mood. Um, I, when I'm feeling confident, that's a really good indicator of me wanting connection. Um, I want connection and I'm more of in an, in an extrovert energy. And when I'm not feeling confident and I maybe some social anxieties or some fears are, are kind of underpinning my experience, then I would fall more into that introverted energy. So there is an element of like, um, well, I guess, I guess I would ask myself the question, like, is my introversion motivated by fear or desire? That's what I would really want to ask myself because when it's motivated by fear, I'm wanting to control something, right? I want to control the environment so that I can have a positive experience or, um, or I guess alleviate me from having a negative experience. This would be more from that fearful lens. And then desire would be like, um, like, do I actually want to do this? Do I actually want to be around these people? Do I actually want to let myself, let my wall down to connect with these people? Um, so that definitely comes up. Um, it, you know, it makes me think about kind of like the, the COVID lockdowns, like to be completely honest, I guess I was impacted a little bit, but not very much to, to be honest, because I do spend a lot of my time alone. I have a high tolerance to being alone and solitude. Um, 
so I do think that that played plays out, but I, I, ha I had a lot of um, um, empathy for extroverts during that time, because that would be really hard to not have that fuel or that energy of like feeling connected to people. So um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to um, make as far as connections, but I don't think so. I feel pretty complete. Yeah. What about you, Michael? Yeah, I think that I love this question. Um, I well, first, I guess I should disclose I'm more on the introvert side as well. I don't know what my percentage would be, um, but yeah, definitely, definitely more leaning towards introvert, which a lot of people don't believe, but it's true. What's your Myers Briggs? Um, Do you know what your um, INF I I N F J? Okay, same as me. Yeah, which okay, doesn't yeah. surprise me. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. What are you, Callan? I think I'm pretty sure I'm I N T J thinking. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm okay. a thinking. I'm not because yeah. F is a feeling. I'm a thinker. Yeah. I'm okay. an architect. That's all I remember from. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. this. We I think we shared these before, but I forget. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm more on the introverted side. So um, I guess I'll speak to that. My, my experience of it. But so let's just remember that loneliness is a universal human condition. Introverts feel it, extroverts feel it, right? I think though that introverts and extroverts can experience loneliness in different ways, which I think is interesting. And also remember, like we've just said, introversion, extroversion is on a spectrum. So most people fall somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. If you remember from that last episode, um, I had talked about, I had shared four different types of loneliness. So for anyone who didn't catch it, I'll just really quickly say them here. So the emotional loneliness is when you're feeling that you're lacking a deep, close, intimate bond with somebody, with another human. Uh, social loneliness is when you're lacking that sense of um, belonging to a group or community, sense of community. Situational loneliness is due to a temporary uh, contextual condition, such as the COVID lockdowns. And then a chronic loneliness is when it's part when, if, when it's been happening for so long, so long in your life that it actually feels like part of your identity or part of your personality. So I think that based on this, if we look at it from this lens, I think introverts and extroverts might feel different types of the loneliness. I'll speak to my, my most likely. So when I feel lonely, it's not because I'm like wishing somebody invited me to a party. That's, I don't think I've ever felt that kind of loneliness. And I'm like, oh, I'm so lonely. I wish I was surrounded by people. Like that's really not something that I've thought. But when I have felt lonely, it's more so been... I really wish I had somebody, like one person, here to share this with. I wish I had somebody, oh, I'm watching this great movie, so-and-so would love it, I wish I had someone to share it with. Or, you know, like I shared when I was traveling, sometimes you're in these moments, and you're like, wow, this is beautiful, I wish, I wish I had somebody here. So my loneliness isn't about a need to be surrounded by people, because I'm an introvert, so I don't really have that need as much. So I'm not necessarily longing to be like, surrounded by, by people at a party but it's really someone who i want to share my alone time with it just sounds kind of ironic right like i told you i have that rich inner world um you know i have a great life i'm i'm very lucky i'm i, I create wonderful experiences for myself i i know how to have a good time by myself yet sometimes i want someone who i can share that with so i'm gonna i mean i'm not an extrovert i can't speak to it but i'm gonna theorize that perhaps extroverts are more likely to feel that social loneliness, that like lacking that sense of camaraderie and belonging by being around people. 
that maybe and maybe they don't experience that uh, emotional one-on-one loneliness as much. But again, that's just a theory. So reminder though, everyone can feel lonely. We just can feel it in different ways. So that's my that's my attempt at answering that question. All right. All right. Interesting. Love it, guys. Love it. Um, so again, the question is, what connections do you see between introverted, extroverted, and loneliness and being alone? Um, for me, I'm hundred definitely very introverted. Um I, it might be surprising because when I am out with people, I appear to be very extroverted. Like I'm, I'm confident in talking to people. I'm not afraid to like meet new people and like sharing that experience. But in order for me to do that, I have to be alone and spend a lot of alone time so I can recover and just be like, oh, me, my own space. And I know that I'm a very much an introvert because the more I go out, the angrier I start to get, the more I have to engage with people. I start to get angry that I'm like, I don't want to be here. Like, this is too much this week or like something like that. So I know it's like, okay, I only have a set, you know, amount of energy that I can give out. And then for the rest of the week, I need to spend time alone so that I can recover and just be like at peace and with myself. And that's because I genuinely enjoy my own space, my own peace and my own being alone. There has been times when I have theorized in my mind um, or hypothesized, I guess you could say, that I feel, and this is not a total like it is, but I feel that sometimes I know a lot of extroverts are always busy doing so much and I feel like maybe they're running away from that being alone from that getting to know themselves from that experience of needing to spend time alone because of things maybe they don't want to see there and I I just theorize this because the people that I know who are quite spiritual quite you know done a lot of work on themselves done a lot of personal development work tend to fall into that introvertedness I enjoy time with myself whereas people who are very out there very outgoing that are people in my world who are like that tend to be people who I know are kind of avoiding those things and avoiding spending time alone or have a lot of those kinds of issues come up. So I've always theorized, I'm like, there is the spectrum, of course, of people who do really enjoy going out and doing all of those things. Um, but then I'm always just thinking like, but with them, where is your you time to actually get to know you or work through your stuff and do your things and, and all that kind of stuff. But that's just the theory. Um, but answering the question, I feel like introverts, especially through the pandemic. Personally, I was like, mad. I was very, I was fine. Like, I did definitely get lonely. I had a roommate through it. So that was great, because that fed the amount of personal time I needed with somebody. I was like, okay, well, there, there's somebody and that fills that kind of space that I needed. But I was like, pretty good. I was like, I could do this like all the time, no problem. But I definitely felt really bad for the extroverts, because they were kind of forced with that and they didn't have like a say in the matter. Whereas I was like, oh, good. I don't have to go to that engagement. I didn't want to go to in the first place, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think that there is a correlation between introverts being better at being alone and extroverts not being better at being alone. And when an extrovert is faced with being alone, they get into a lot. They experience a lot more feelings of genuine loneliness, of the social loneliness, maybe even emotional loneliness as well. Whereas I felt a bit of the social loneliness, but most of my loneliness feelings came from like the, oh, I'd like to enjoy this with somebody or I'd like to be, 
you know, cuddle up with somebody or something like that. Like, that's where I always go for my loneliness. I'm like, oh, this would be really nice. But another part of that is I don't force myself to go out and to do things because I like to be invited. <laughs> it sounds awful. I like to be invited. And I, unlike you, Michael, I want people to message me. And I think this has changed my older years because growing, building new groups of friends is difficult because you're not the person at top of mind for people because you're the new guy. So you're not that one who people are always like, oh, let's invite him. You're kind of like, oh yeah, that guy. And so it's very hard, especially getting older in life to build those friendships where you are going to be top of mind. So for me, I really enjoy getting those invites because I'm like, okay, like that means that like I'm, I'm building those friendships and building those connections. And with moving around as much as I did, I did have a little bit of that, like I'm feeling lonely because I don't have anybody inviting me. And for me, I would love to have a partner who is definitely more extroverted than I am because I'm so introverted. I want that balance, but I also need them because I need them to take me out. I enjoy going for hikes. I enjoy going and exploring things and I enjoy doing things, but I will not do them by myself. I'm just not that person. I need somebody to be my catalyst for that. Um, and so I definitely got off topic with that answer, but the connections between introverted and extroverted, I definitely see them. And if anybody has thoughts or feelings about it, I would love to see them in the comments because y'all are always talking about things in the comments. So I'm very curious <laughs> as to like, do you have the same experience or thoughts or feelings about introverted and extroverted? And if, you know, I'm actually curious as to what you guys feel about what I just said about like introvert and extrovert and like, maybe extroverts are kind of running away from something a little bit. Hmm. I think we all are running away from something. To a certain <laughs> <laughs> We're all in denial. Like It's just hilarious. But right? we're bringing more consciousness in doesn't mean necessarily a total overhaul and change in behavior. I think it's just, okay, the intention behind and why I'm doing this. Because I do, I do think, Michael even said it in the last episode, it's good for us to just have distraction to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. And I think it's healthy for us to take a break from ourselves. Yes. But what I always say is it's a planful, intentional break. And after I'm done eating my emotions, I'm going to return back to my emotions, right? So I'm doing it with a lot more consciousness than I used to. That would be the difference. But I, I do agree. Like, I think for sure, like, you know, people who can't be by themselves constantly and need to be around somebody um, all the time, it's, it can be very very troubling. And the, actually, the other thing I wanted to say about what you said is you want to date an, an extrovert. And I don't think I could, I think I need to date another introvert because this person would be bringing people around me all the time. And like, they would want us to hang out with people all the time. And I, I really struggle with that. Like I, there's, and I'm, this is going to sound actually like kind of harsh, but there's a lot of people that I don't vibe with and it has nothing to do with like and dislike it has to do with energy there's uh, because i'm so sensitive to other people's energies that i'm really sensitive to if somebody else is vibing with somebody and they're like wanting to hang out with them all the time and i'm not vibing with that energy it's really tough so i do know in my next relationship there's also going to be a lot of independence and freedom like i'm not going to necessarily right and especially if i do end up attracting a lover who is more on extroverted side i know i'll need a lot of autonomy and and time away from that energy too so yeah well, that's, was interesting. that's so interesting you said that because as you were talking i was just like oh but like can't your partner just go off and meet those people without you because in my head that's what like totally, i like the yeah. confident extrovert who's like okay well i'll just go out and hang out with these people i hate 
I hate when people have those like relationships where they're like, oh no, we have to do it together. Oh no, yeah. we have to like, oh, if he's not going, I can't go. And it's just like, oh my yeah. God, like, come on, you're two separate yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. But in the gay world, I see it as it's not often like that. Like gay couples, they end up having similar friend groups and they hang out with the same people, right? Because that's just how, you know, it works. And I, I think that's people that are more entrenched in the gay world as opposed to like, if you have heterosexual friends and you have, for me, most of my friends are, are heterosexual females actually. And I hang out with them separately one-on-one. -on -one. So it is a little bit different, but I think that's where we differ from heterosexuals in the, in a general sense is that, um, you know, a man and a woman that are, that are together, the woman has her female friends, the guy has his guy friends and they hang out separately and they spend a lot of time apart. Whereas I find gay couples, I see them together all the time. They're going to events together. And so there's more of that energy I see, but. Do you think that there's also like the anxious avoidant, like the, the relational types going on there? Because I have had totally. friends who yeah. like the partner would get jealous and like I asking this one friend to hang out with me knew if I was specific, like I want just us to go for lunch. I knew the other person, like the other yeah. person was going to get jealous or upset, or it was going to be like a, not a fight maybe, but like definitely like an aggressive conversation of like, well, why can't I come? And it's like, do yeah. you think that there's in those relationships, it's because the other partner's jealous of like, oh, well, are you going to leave me for this other person who seems more fun or who wants to hang out with you going around in that? I'm curious. Totally. I think it triggers, I think it triggers the attachment style, whichever one it might be, something like that would trigger it, right? One way or another. Um, I personally advocate in my relationship that we have to have, we can have all of our joint friends, obviously, you know, you guys are, are among them, but I, I advocate that he has his own things that he does, right? So he does dodgeball. I don't. Yeah, Great. with go me. Have fun. Yeah, that's right. Tonight. So yeah, go have fun, do that thing. And I stay out of it. It's my time. It's my chance to be alone, to have Michael time. Mm -hmm. I get the place to myself. It's very nice. I'm like, great, go have your dodgeball, have a good time. Um, but yeah, some couples I know aren't like that and they they do want to be more enmeshed. But I think it, that conversation about the attachment style, and if you have not, if you don't know your attachment style, do our quiz, um, really will help kind of explore the conversation and also help you identify, oh, this is why I might be reacting this way. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah definitely important especially this one person they're no longer together but <laughs> i wonder why um but anyways so okay well moving along i just i love the little tangents we go on um okay the next question is when you feel yourself slipping away from being just alone and into feelings of loneliness how do you adjust course and also i'm going to add on to that like how can you tell that that is happening mm. So who would like to start off? Do you want to do the same, same? Yeah, I can just keep yeah. the order. Um, so how do I know I'm, I'm moving off course? I think, um, again, I, I'm not moving towards myself. I'm moving away from myself. So I'm distracting. So eating and scrolling, those are my two go-tos. <laughs> and, uh, I think I'm, I've, I've had to, again, be planful with it and say, yes, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm very aware that I'm doing it and I don't want to be with myself right now. So I'm choosing to not be, um, but I've been trying to like, like recenter myself with like, if I am eating, I could ask myself, like, what am I actually hungry for right now and get clear because there's an unmet need 
right there. And sometimes it's, it's connection, right? That could be it. Um, but, and that mean, could mean it's connection to self or other, right? So what am I really hungry for? Well, maybe my soul wants me to be with my soul. Like let's connect in, let's have an embodied experience. And my ego is like, I can't sit still right now. I'm, I've just spent all day working and I'm, I'm, my brain is like in a crazy hyper frenetic state. So there's dissonance between those two experiences. So I'm choosing to follow the mental energy. So it's, it really, you know, that, that thing or like, what am I looking for when I'm scrolling or if I'm on grinder or any of these things, like what, am I looking for? I got to get clear about what that is. That's huge. Um, and then I think the other aspect is uh, to try and put myself out there more um, because that's something I don't do <laughs> very often. And I, I, I wrote down this and I, I, I've been really unpacking it um, over the last while is I have a huge fear of needing people and I have a huge fear of people needing me. I don't like that. It, for me, it brings up all my stuff and that's my insecure attachment. That's the disorganized part of me is it's like, I grew up in an environment where I was needed and I was leached onto in a codependent way. So I have this fear of being smothered and, and, and somebody taking advantage of me. And then on the other side of that, I had experienced abandonment in my childhood. So I have this fear of needing people and then them not being there for me. So it's like this dance that I do around like, okay, I can let it happened a little bit and then I'll pull back and I'll, you know, and I'm constantly in that hot and cold energy. So I have to, um, I have to, well, the, for the first thing, and I think if healing any insecure attachment style is it's communication. Like I have to talk this stuff out and especially in my intimate relationships, because what happens when I play it out is I sabotage and I withdraw from the relationship or I, it becomes almost like this. I revert, revert back into this like childish energy, like of like this wounded child, like trying to just protect myself in any way that I can. And I think I have to really be mindful of that. So communicating that is so important. And in the last few relationships, my last two intimate relationships, I've actually had huge progress in this area, like massive. And I know that the next relationship I attract, it's going to be just I can just feel it like I'm getting more and more emotionally mature um, because I'm not governed by my traumas and these sorts of things anymore. So um, I'm trying to think if I answered that when you feel yourself slipping away from just being alone and into feelings of loneliness, how do you adjust course? Um, yeah, there's there, there, I, what just came through is there's this element of like, I have to just get real with myself. I have to get real with myself because my ego wants to dance around and play out all this crap. Oh, I don't need connection or, you know, Oh, like, I don't really like those people anyway. Like it just plays out all this defense mechanism bullshit. And that just, it keeps me disconnected from myself in authentic ways. And it keeps me disconnected from others in authentic ways. So I'm learning how to practice more humility and, and call myself out on this stuff. Um, because there's a lot that there's a lot that's working in my life but there's things that aren't working in my life. And, and one of them is my ability to be able to easily move in and out of connection with ease and grace. That's something I've always struggled with, right? Relationships have been challenging for me. So if I want to heal that part of me, I have to get real with myself. And that's really what I've been doing over the last couple of years. So yeah, that's my answer. Yeah, that's, there's a lot there to, to think about. I think to, triggered a few things within me in a good way um 
where do I want to go with this? Okay, to answer the question quickly, um, the feeling again, <laughs> sort of that's a cop out answer from my first one, but it just feels different. And and luckily, I have a, a fairly good level of self awareness, so I kind of know. Like it's really easy for me to have so much fun being alone. That's like, oh shit, <laughs> I, should, I should probably talk to somebody. I should probably like reengage with the world, right? Um, and it is very healthy to do so. I will say, you know having a partner that I live with has really been challenging for someone like me because he's there and I'm forced to deal with the times when I kind of want to run away or I want him to be gone and I just can't do that. So it has really allowed me to grow in ways of saying, okay, you know, this is what I have. Like what's, what's behind all this need to want to be alone all the time or to want to find safety in it. Um, so that has, I'll just leave that there for now before I get too, too off topic here. But I think one of the ways that when I am slipping out of it and I'm feeling lonely, what I find for myself is as an introvert, historically, I have a bit of a cycle um, where I find it hard to, I kind of find it hard to re-engage with like groups in social situations. I'm not talking about the one-on-one, I'm talking about like more, you know, going out to Woody's or something. So if I'm in a group, I'm usually like not, like I'm comfortable, I'm fine. I'm from the outside looking, and you wouldn't even know. But in my mind, I'm like, you know, there's a little bit of resistance or a little bit of anxiety there, maybe, especially if I've been alone for a long time and I'm just kind of coming into it. So what I'll do is I'll be very much in my head, and I might perceive that, oh, I'm not wanted here. Like my brain will kind of tell me, oh, look at all those people having fun. Look at me here, are all alone, or I'm being awkward, I'm standing weird, or I'm just. I'll kind of have that that thought. So that will cause me to feel threatened or uncomfortable in said social situation. And as soon as I feel that way, it changed the way I am. I'm not as open. I'm not as open to talking to people. I'm not as open to listening to people. I just kind of start to put up a wall and you can't really see it. You could maybe feel it. I know you guys would feel it for sure, but um, you know, some people just might find me a bit more standoffish or quiet or shy. I get that a lot um, when I'm kind of in this space. And so what that does then is I start behaving that way. I'm not connecting with people because I'm not open. And then it confirmation bias will kick in and start saying proof. See, mm-hmm. I told you, Michael, <laughs> they don't want you. You're not, you're not part of this. Go home. Just go home. It's easier. It's going to be a lot more fun. Let's go home and watch a movie. Let's go home and do this or, you know, just find, find a way out. So that's a bit of my pattern historically, but to adjust course, I think you want to interrupt the cycle, obviously, ideally the sooner the better. So one of the ways I like to do that is when I'm, when I'm in that spot and I'm feeling a bit of anxiety, uh, I'll ask myself, is this really true? Right? Like we talked about what's the narrative here? Is it really true? Like if I said to someone, Hey, is this happening? Would they be like, no, this is all in your head. Or, you know, is that in fact true? 99% of the time it's in my head. It's a story. So then I say, okay, this is probably just a story. Let's put down my walls a little bit. Like purposefully not doing those things where I put up the walls and instead open myself up to the discomfort. Um, and then talking to someone, if someone's talking to me, like super engage with them, like get out of my head a bit, listen to what they're saying, just be responsive, be interested, be genuinely interested in what, the, in what they're saying. And then I find evidence for the opposite, right? So if my brain wants to give me all the evidence that I don't belong or that I shouldn't be here or that I'm acting weird, then I kind of give myself time to say, okay, how is this not true? I'm like, well, first of all, there's someone right 
across from me talking to me, so it can't be that bad. And I just kind of work through it that way very gently. It sounds very monotonous and it kind of is, but it works. <laughs> it works for my very intellectual brain that really needs to have these kinds of process, processes. So another thing is, is I often will diminish opportunities that I might have where like, I'll tell myself, oh, you know, um, so-and-so this group of people here, they're not interested in me. But then like, again, if I ask myself, is that true? I might be diminishing the time where like they said, hey, come join us over here. And I'm like, oh no, I'm, I'm actually gonna go to the bathroom or whatever. It's like, I'll, I'll kind of forget that that happened very conveniently. Uh, so that is sort of how I have to trick myself, if that's the right word, to kind of getting out of that cycle. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm. I mean, it does, yeah, okay. but I just never, I never knew that about you or I never, I yeah. never would have thought that about you. I'm yeah. curious. I know we're coming on close to time here, but like, I know that you came to my housewarming recently. And so was that an experience you had because I had a, like different groups of people there? Was that yeah. an experience you had at that event? <laughs> yeah, to some degree. Absolutely. And it was really, it was really helpful that my partner and my best friend were there. Like that kind of like leaned on them right? For, for the beginning, at least I was with them most of the time. And then eventually I warmed up, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, I thought that anyone didn't like me. That wasn't the case. It just felt like more. So this isn't like, I don't, not that I don't belong here, but these aren't my people. So I'm going to just close up. Mm. Not that anyone didn't like me or anything, but eventually, as you, as you saw, things changed a bit, right? Like the dynamic changed. Luckily, <laughs> yeah, that helps too. <laughs> also helped that my partner is, is more on the extroverted side. And he'll just, you know, he was talking to other people and then I, I kind of did the Which same. Which is so. interesting because I find him quieter than you. Mm, yeah, me too. Yeah. But he's extrovert. Like he's more extroverted. It's very it's interesting. Very strange. It's yeah. very interesting. But like <laughs> the more I learn. The more I learn. The more. Well, the thing, the thing of two about introversion is people often think that it, the, the trait of shy and timid has to be present with introversion doesn't. It's yeah. just, it's just, it, for some people it is, for some people it isn't. Yeah. So it's more so the energy of like, are you drained or are you recharged by people? Yeah. yeah. But I thought for sure, um, Star was an introvert, but yeah. in that particular case, he was just feeling very social. So I, okay. I have to thank him for that. And I was like, okay, yeah, just chill out a bit, Michael. And yes, the, the, the drinks help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause I'm an introvert, but I'm not, I mean, I used to be as a kid, very shy like very 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 shy but as an adult i've like let a lot i mean i can still be shy depending on like if i think this guy's ridiculously hot but mm -hmm. then there's another part of me that i've learned to be like well fuck it like i mean go on the adventure like see what happens yeah. so then that kind of that learned skill takes over and i'm just like hi how's it going what's good like what you know what's good um yeah. all right well thank you thank you for sharing that michael and, and matt um to answer it, uh, when I feel that I'm slipping more into the loneliness versus like being alone and enjoying that and how I just course. So first of all, the signs are like scrolling like crazy. If I'm like, if I have almost anxiety, like I'm checking a bunch of different apps, trying to search for a point of contact. Like, did somebody email me? Did somebody message me? Is there a message on Instagram? Is there a message on Facebook? Like if I'm searching for that, that's when I know I'm like slipping into a loneliness as opposed to like mm -hmm. enjoying my being alone time. Um, or if like the ruminating thoughts in my mind start turning negative and I'm like 
feeling sad and depressed. And again, the feelings, like Michael said, you Mm -hmm. both said is like the feelings of it, but you know, the difference of the actually enjoying being alone of like, Oh, I'm alone. Like I can enjoy like after a night out on Friday, I'm like, I want to be alone on Saturday. I want to sit on the couch and I want to watch movies and just do whatever the fuck I want. Like that's the pure enjoyment. But when I do feel myself slipping into those lonelier moments, and I have felt it, especially over the pandemic in the past few years, um, I'm starting to really question why I'm feeling like that and going into those feelings of like, okay, well, why am I experiencing this? Why am I feeling this? And I know it's because I've not had a very serious long-term partner for a long time. And I've been wanting that for a long time. Um, But I think for me, it's a different, unique experience because I also have like physical issues that I deal with, like medical, physical issues that also do hold me back from being able to experience certain things that other people can just experience and not think about. Mm -hmm. And so that creates then that anxiety of like, I want this thing and I really want to go out and enjoy this thing, but I can't. Like, I just can't experience that. And then that starts me questioning, like, esoterically, like, well, why am I going through this experience? Like, why am I being held back from this? What is it that I need to do or work through or change before I can then move into a space where I can enjoy that and no longer have this be a problem of mine? Um, So that definitely adds a little bit of it, which it can be difficult. But when I do um, feel that I force myself to inject myself into things that make me uncomfortable. So like, when I first moved to Toronto, I was like, I'm joining a gay dodgeball league because, you know, gays and friends and like, I need to put myself out there. And the first time I did, it was super scary, but I knew I needed that in my life. And then joining a gay choir when I came here as well. And now moving forward, I'm thinking of like different things that I can do next summer. Like there's ultimate Frisbee and like flag football and like these other things that I'm like, flag football scares me because people still get broken in it, even though it's touch. (laughs) Um, But these things that kind of scare me that I'm like, okay, well, try it once, because then that's also going to give you reason to get out of the house and go be physical and do things that are really good for you. And I can't keep playing up these stories of I'm not going to enjoy it if I've not tried it, because I mean, I played that same story out with dodgeball and I love it. So it's like, it's not about being athletic. It's not this child story that I'm telling myself. It's this like, I need to just let myself try it instead of telling my story about what I think the experience is going to be. And so when I'm slipping into those moments, I also, especially the emotional loneliness, I go into like, okay, what am I really seeking right now? And it's like, I'm seeking like romantic interaction. And like, I want somebody to remind me that I can be attractive and that I have that. And that's where I tend to usually be because of my physical stuff. I tend to never feel that way. And so Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to feel like that. So it really helps when other people are like, we can have that interaction. I'm like, okay, yes, I can still be a sexual being. I can still be attractive. I can still be all these other things because my default's not like that because of things that I can't control myself. And so that adds a different layer and like difficulty to it. But the more I work with it and the more I work through it, I, you know, I getting to a point where it's just like, it is what it is. Maybe one day it'll be fixed. Maybe one day it won't be fixed, but I can't keep living in this solitude bubble because I'm trying to protect myself from somebody, maybe not wanting to be a part of that journey because I'm not willing to live like this for the rest of my life. So Mm -hmm. reminding myself of that and being like, okay, well, what do I need in this moment? 
let's go towards that or let's try and seek out something that's more healthier, like maybe start going to the gym or doing other things like that. But when I come to that spec or that intersection, I'm like, okay, I'm scrolling, I'm going crazy. Maybe just get up. I'll music is a big trigger for me. And I know music triggers me into a better mood. So I'll put like pop beats on. And then that also triggers my new habit of like, oh, cleaning time. And then I'll distract myself with doing that. And then that'll take me out of the ruminating loneliness in my mind. And I'm like, okay, let's just get physical. And that has been really helpful. So the more I'm working towards being physical, the less I'm up in my mind has been uh, a huge help. So mm. All right. Well, with that, we have unpacked loneliness versus being alone. Is there anything else you guys want to add to today's episode before we peace out? No, I no. feel good. Well, good. Golden. Yeah. All Thanks right. Well, if y'all have enjoyed this episode, please hit, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe and the bell. It'll notify you every time we put out new episodes on Thursdays. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple iTunes or anywhere else, hit that subscribe button. We would also love for you to rate us. Um, five stars would be fantastic, but if not, it's okay. You don't have to. Um, and you can, oh God, my brain just shut off. <laughs> I think that's it. That's it. You know what? I'm just going to end it there today because my brain just turned off. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We will be at you next week. Uh, peace, love, rainbows. Have a good one, everybody. Bye.